More and more people are moving to cities, and that's going to affect almost every industry. We are very cautious and very aware to make a conscious effort to work with the ecosystem. What can the average person do to take action now? Not one person can change the world, but if we all do a little something different, it might help. Being open to embracing innovation. Know that you can make a difference. A absolutely. There's no excuse not to even do a little bit. Let's go check it out. Hey everyone, thank you for tuning in to Going Green. As always, we appreciate it. A real quick shout out to our sponsor, Triwa. Triwa is a watch company that creates watches made from recycled plastic and deconstructed metal from guns. Uh, they're doing awesome things. They are my favorite watch company. I wear a lot of watches, I collect watches, and I have not taken off my watch from them since I received it. It's amazing. So if you are looking for a cool watch with a good cause uh, or as a gift, check out Triwa, Triwa.com. They are an amazing company. And let's get right back to that amazing content. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Going Green. We have an awesome guest today who runs an amazing company. Love the name, first and foremost. The <laughs> name is Dylan Green. And we have the founder and CEO of it, Catherine McLean, on the show today. Catherine, thanks so much for being here. Thanks, Dylan. It is a great name. It's my son's name. <laughs> it's a great name. Dylan Green it doesn't get much more um, personal than that. So thank you for taking the time out of your day to be here. Um, for those of the, our audience who aren't familiar you know, with you and your background, tell us a little bit about what Dylan Green is and kind of how it got started. Yeah, absolutely. So Dylan Green is actually the third recruitment business that I've been uh, involved with. Um, I set up a recruitment business in 2011 in London, actually in the UK, called McLean Ross. Uh, and then McLean Ross merged with a company called JDR Energy, and we became JD Ross. Um, I was in the UK with them for about a decade and then came over to the US a couple of years ago. I uh, decided to, to part ways with JD Ross and set up again on my own uh, and called the company Dylan Green uh, after my son and after green energy, obviously. <laughs> yeah, so how, like, where does your passion and that entrepreneurial spirit come from? Because obviously, you know, starting multiple companies, merger, merging, partnering, buying, selling, yeah. like, that's not easy stuff. That's a, that's yeah. a serious hustle. So where does that drive come from within you? Yeah, it's funny. I feel like I've always been an entrepreneur. You know, I was definitely like the kid that had like the babysitting company, the dog walking business, you know, just hus always hustling, <laughs> working two jobs. Um, so I always knew I wanted to work for myself. I just didn't know what I wanted to do. And so I think that what was, you know, it just sort of wound up happening. I fell into recruitment and then fell into um, clean energy. So um, I graduated uh, from George Mason University, went to work for DHL. I specifically worked for DHL because I wanted to work for a global company because I wanted to live abroad. Mm -hmm. um, did was a business development manager there for a number of years. They transferred me over to London and then, you know, wound up just somebody knocking, you know, opportunity knocking um, from Robert Half uh, and Robert Half, one of their headhunters, you know, asked me if I wanted to be a headhunter myself. And it was something I had never considered. Um, I joined them. I really enjoyed it. I worked with them in London and Dubai. The recession happened. I took some time out and thought, you know what, I'm going to focus on nutrition, which had been a passion of mine and helping um, others. Uh, wound up doing a master's in public health and got an internship in Rome for the Food and Agriculture Organization, which is a UN organization. Um, I realized quite quickly uh, the nonprofit sector wasn't for me. Um, I missed 
the, the business world. Um, I had gotten quite a few people in my class internships as well. So decided to go back into recruitment, but to do something positive and wound up working for a firm called Acre Resources um, in London and, you know, fell into clean energy and placing uh, sales professionals within that space. A few months later, I quit and I set up McLean Ross. That's amazing. I mean, I'm a huge proponent of living abroad, traveling abroad. It yeah. opens up your eyes, especially being in America. You know, it's kind of like America's number one. And then yeah. you go abroad and you see that there's some other really great things. You know, America has yeah. its pros and cons, just like every country. Um, how did that experience of you going international kind of open up your eyes to sort of like a bigger picture? And then how did that translate into kind of working in the clean tech, sustainable, renewable energy worlds? Yeah. I mean, I think that it should be mandatory. I think that you should be forced to live abroad for a year. Um, they have the, you know, a gap year in most countries where in between college and high school, you go and you, you travel and you live abroad. Um, it opened my eyes tremendously, like to what you were saying that, you know, it's um, a big world. We're not the only country in that world. Um, I think it made me like a lot uh, more open-minded, like a lot kinder, like more empathetic. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, clean energy it was, um, like I said, you know, I had seen sort of acre resources and some of the work that they were doing. I thought, you know, this is such a great way to mesh my, my you know, business acumen, that recruitment experience and sales experience I had, but put it towards a more positive, um, positive work than the banking and finance world that I had been in when I was at Robert Half. Um, you've said it on your podcast a few times that just because you want to earn money and you know be successful doesn't mean it has to be at the expense of something else you can do it and have a positive impact on society 100 percent. like that's i think that's that's really why you know i was happy to get connected with you like meeting other business owners who when you run a business you have a bottom line you have to you know get clients you have to make better products in your competition but at the same time, that doesn't mean it can't be, you know, a good product that is good for the planet or helps people. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm always drawn to those kinds of people who are like, I can make money and run a business and also use it, you know, for good. So I think, you know, it's awesome that you're doing that. Um, what's kind of the day to day life like at Dylan Green right now? Yeah. Well, so I'm pretty used to working at home. So this wasn't like too scary for me. I think if I was maybe a bit earlier in my career, when I was like really used to that, like, camaraderie and going to the pub every day, like with my friends and stuff, I think it probably would have been harder. I think it's been a little easier for me because of where I am in my career. Um, I stay pretty disciplined with the schedule. I think that's kind of the key to make sure that, um, you know, my day is very structured. I have um, goals that I want to achieve every day, you know, weekly, monthly, quarterly, um, yearly probably the, you know, the recruiter in me that were very like data metrics driven. Um, I think that the number one challenge um, for me is leaving the house. So I forget to leave the house. <laughs> and so a couple of days will go by and be like, I should probably go outside. Yeah. <laughs> away for sure. Yeah. Are, you, are you seeing a lot more like kind of thinking bigger picture in, um, in the sustainable and the clean tech world, like more job opportunities coming like what are the trends yeah yeah it's really um awesome so you know when march hit and my business completely stopped um and i was in panic mode you know i doubled down on the video series i have and i focused a lot on doing webinars and like speaking engagements and helping others uh you know navigate the job market 
um, I'd say it was really quiet for a couple of months and then started to pick up. The um, momentum I saw in the summer was very solar focused, uh, utility scale, CNI, solar uh, across the board. Um, but I will say specifically project finance roles have gone crazy. Like there's so much project finance activity um, uh, at the moment. I think what's really exciting is the past few months I've started to see a range of roles. So I'm starting to see some really cool SaaS um, clean, you know, clean energy plays where they're starting to recruit. I'm starting to see some of the utilities start to expand into a bit cooler innovation uh, stuff. So I've gotten some wind rolls, some storage rolls. So I'm starting to see like, it's not just a solar party. It's getting a little bit more varied. I had an ESG advisory role, for example, I was working on the other day. So it's been kind of fun to see the, the transition. That's awesome, man. I have, a, all right, I have like 10 questions that I want to ask you. I'm trying to figure out the best <laughs> one in what order. Um, what, uh, like, what advice do you have for someone who wants to start working in the clean tech space? Like they, yeah. um, they might not have an environmental you know, science degree, but they want to get a career in that path. What are the first sort of steps they could take to get in that general direction? Yeah. I mean, I think there's a couple things. I think one thing they need to do is actually apply to jobs. You'd be so surprised when I get on the phone with candidates and I'm like, okay, they say, oh, you know, we can't find a job. I said, okay, great. You know, how many jobs have you applied for? Well, I've applied for a couple. Okay. Well, like recruitment, it, 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 you have to put the work in, you have to do the numbers. So if you're going to expect an outcome, you have to put in the work. I think too, you need to make sure that you're not just applying and then not actually following up. So making sure that your resume winds up in front of an HR manager, just letting them know that you did apply directly for the role. Um, also networking, you know, making sure that any alumni you know, or um, anybody that you think maybe look interesting on LinkedIn, uh, that you're reaching out to them, asking for help. Our space is a really, really friendly space. We, we need more people, there are too many jobs. So we, we want, new people in. We, we, we want um, some help. You know, we have a big task ahead of us. So I think those would be the two things I would say, um, you know, following up the applications and making sure that you're networking. Perfect answer, honestly. Like that's, that's what I've seen in my experience. Like I always, if I see someone I want to work with, like I just go out and ask them. Like the worst yeah. thing to do is say no or like ask my network, like, hey, do you know anyone? Um, in this space, I really want to talk to someone and just having those, those conversations to what's like kind of a general realistic number of like how many jobs, job applications you might need to submit to actually expect to see a job. And I know like that might sound a little bit crazy and scary, but like you said, it's a numbers game. Yeah. If a rough estimate, what would you say just realistically speaking? I would say, I mean, it definitely depends on a, what level that you're looking at, and I think B, um, how open-minded that you're being. So I think like, you know, if you're an entry-level person without any experience, then you're obviously going to have a much higher number of applicants that applications that you have to send in. Or I think if you're, you know, have a few years experience and you're maybe looking to transition into the clean energy space, it may be a few less applications than if you were entry level with no work experience at all. So I think it really depends on the situation. And also some of it is luck. You know, it's just, you know, you create your own luck in life, but some of it is luck and it's just the timing of it. Um, yeah. yeah, no, that's true. Like that's, you never know when you reach out to someone or you apply and like you get lucky, honestly. It's just like, hey, I happen to, I've hired people where I'm just like, I need someone right now. And someone emails me 
10 yeah, or two yeah. great timing yeah. um, but you said something which and kind of bring it back to what you're talking about before when covid hit and we're all locked down you know some people kind of bunkered down and just watched tv and you know didn't do much other people like you got out there and started like pivoting and figuring it out. And I mean, I think I can even see that going back to those days of you babysitting. You're like, all right, babysitting. <laughs> now I've, I have the experience. I can take that to something new or like there's a shift in the market in the babysitting thing. Yeah. It's the same thing. You realize like, okay, we're going more digital now. I need to be, you know, embracing webinars, embracing, you know, videos, and podcasts and things like that. So tell us a little bit about like that and kind of what you've been working on these past couple of months. Yeah, I just want to say quickly about that. Like, I think one of the lessons I've learned is that having a plan is great, but it can also be to your detriment. Like, I've never had a business plan. <laughs> Anyone that knows me who's worked with me in the past, like, that used to drive them crazy. But, like, I always thought, like, I'll just get on the phone instead of, like, you know, sit there and, like, draft up a business plan or, like, talk about strategy. Um, but anyway, but my point is, is like, you know, I never in a million years thought that I would be where I am now. Like I didn't get into the space or recruitment. Like I was almost 30. So, you know, I think that you have to have a plan of course, but I think you also have to be prepared for life to happen. And life is what happens when you're making plans for it. Like it's super unexpected. So you can't just like, you know, cry about it. Like you have to like, like pivot is this word millennials up pivot pivot um but anyway so what have i been doing so i have this video series that i started called the green light and so it's focusing specifically around not just solely but probably a big chunk of it is diversity equity and inclusion within clean energy um this is something i've gotten super passionate about the past couple of years uh so making sure that not only are we getting uh, helping women um, get into more leadership positions within our within organizations, but also allowing new people in, allowing diverse talent into our space from oil and gas or from banking finance or from the military. So really using uh, you know our industry and the growth in our industry in this clean energy tran transition to, to to get diversity into our space. So it's not such a um, such a thing that we're having to be deliberate about, but it's something that happens is happening organically. Mm -hmm. How has it been just doing that? You know, the hard the video stuff. Hard. <laughs> <laughs> well, the video thing has been super hard because it's not like my natural thing. Like this is what you want to do. Like you've gone out to, to do this, but like, you know, again, I'm a recruiter. I'm not like a video interviewer. Yeah. <laughs> so it was, yeah, super nerve wracking. I think I've gotten like a bit more calm and chilled out about it. But yeah, I, I never find it like easy. Yeah, um, well, it's honestly going back to what you're saying. It's about taking action, providing value. Like as a salesperson, that's what it's all about. Like being, um, you know, proactive. And yeah. when you find someone who can use your service or you can help, like yeah. figure out the most value you can provide. Yeah. Um, and that goes to even, you know, applying for jobs. Like how can you provide value to this company? you're applying for. Um, where do you kind of see the future for you, for Dylan Green, and for kind of the clean energy space as a whole? Yeah, I definitely, am, uh, as much as the, the DEI work is hard, I am really enjoying it. It's that people, planet, profit. So I feel like before I had been doing the people piece and the profit piece, but I hadn't maybe necessarily 
um, I'm sorry, I've been doing the planet piece and the profit piece, but not necessarily the people piece. Piece. I mean, I was definitely placing people, but I wasn't focusing specifically on something as important as DEI. So I think the fact that I've also included that in my work is just, it gives me that like double mission, which I just, um, it's so important and meaningful to me and having people like reach out to Dylan Green specifically because they know that uh, we, we do that work, both clients and candidates saying, you know, I, I hear that, that you can help. So um, I definitely want to keep doing that work. Um, I think that um, there's definitely enough work to, to, to keep focusing on the U.S. and uh, sort of North American European markets that I, like I've been doing. Um, and I, and I just, yeah, I guess keep doing the video series. I think, you know, those, that's enough to probably keep me busy for a while. <laughs> there you go. Where, um, well, first off, Catherine, thank you for, you know, taking time out of your day to be here. What you're doing is super important, connecting people with, you know, their dream jobs and connecting businesses with people who can help them grow and scale. Um, it's really important. And as these companies continue to grow and the industries as a whole grow, I feel like we'll see more and more people getting into that space. So it's exciting to kind of follow your journey and follow Dylan Green. Where would you say, you know, where can people follow you? Where can people support you and get in contact if, um, if they want to? Yeah, so I have, I'm really active on LinkedIn. Uh, so you can easily find me on LinkedIn. Um, I talk a lot about the roles that I'm working on on there. Um, and then obviously share the, the video uh, series content. I also have something called Canon of the Week where I shout about a couple of candidates that I'm working on that week that I'm really passionate about. Um, my website is www.dylan-green.com. Um, and I have a Twitter, I think, that a lot of people, a lot of marketing managers really into. <laughs> um, but that's it, really. Oh, we have a YouTube channel as well now. Yeah. 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 So for those listening and watching, Dylan Green, Catherine McLean, go subscribe, follow, reach out, support. If you have any questions, reach out. Catherine, seriously, thank you so much. Um, Want to, you know, just say thanks again for taking time out of your day. Um, look forward to staying in touch. Want to have you on like, the show again in the future and just see kind of where things pivot to next. Classic <laughs> millennial word. <laughs> and, um, and just follow your journey and have you on, you know, again and just continue this conversation because it's been it's been great chatting with you. Yeah, thanks so much, Dylan. I really appreciate it. And I think, like, I'll just say one last thing before we finish. Like, just going back to that piece you were talking about earlier with that people, planet, profit, like, companies that race diversity do become more profitable. It's an absolute fact. So embrace diversity, be deliberate about it, and make sure that you're having an equitable and inclusive work environment. On the next episode that we have you on, we're going to dive really deep into that exact topic because it's, it's really important stuff. Um, and as always, thank you, the viewers, the listeners, the supporters of the show. We appreciate it. Our goal here is to just bring on leaders, influencers, people like Catherine, business owners, scientists, experts in their space to educate everybody a little bit more about clean energy, sustainability, and building a business, making money, but also having a positive impact on the planet. So we appreciate you for taking the time and tuning in. We'll see you on another episode of Going Green very soon. Thank you.